Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Yo, mind if I take you back a little bit? Watch this. Lead me, Jesus, lead me. Everywhere I go. Oh, oh, lead me, Jesus, lead me. Everywhere I go. Oh, oh, lead me, Jesus, lead me. Everywhere I go. I want you to take me by my hand and lead me. Keeping it real with Jared uh, Lawrence. I'm sorry. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. Yay! Doing things a little differently today, man. It's Sunday, so you know it's only right. We started out with some gospel music. Uh, that song has been in my head all day. I I was going to get my donuts today, as you guys know. I go and get my donuts every Wednesday and Sunday. Donuts and coffee. Like a treat to myself, you know, just something I do so I can have a routine right now because life right now is very, uh, very, very boring, very monotonous. I think I think that's the right word. I don't have a dictionary right now, but, you know, we need we need things that keep us um, interested, I guess, is is the right word. So I was going to get my donuts this this morning. I was listening to Star 94.5, the glory of gospel. Shout out to Pastor Riva. One of my traditions, one of my Sunday traditions. So as I'm driving, leaving my neighborhood, I hear this one song and it doesn't sound like gospel. It's like kind of like an R. Kelly song. I don't even know if I can say that right now, but it sounded like an R. Kelly type of song. But they were talking about loving the Lord. So I guess it made it gospel, but it didn't really sound gospel to me. I put it on my Insta story and I'm like, this doesn't sound like gospel. So then a few minutes later, as I'm driving I hear the song that I just played called Lead Me um, by Greg O'Quinn in I Praise. And it was called Lead Me to Jesus. And I was like, all right, now this is gospel. This is what I'm used to. This is what I wanted to hear. So I could not get that song out of my head all day. I I thought it was just such a, a great song. It had like a blues type of sound to it. But then it had that soul that you're used to with the choir. Um, For those of you who grew up in a black church, grew up maybe Baptist or I'm not sure what other denominations do. I know I grew up in a Baptist church. So that's what we were used to hearing, that type of music with the choir and just the soulfulness of it. So I heard that song and I was like, man, it just stuck with me. I had to go home. I had to look it up, try to figure out what it was. And ever since I found out it was Greg O'Quinn and I praise I downloaded it. Um, I've been playing it all day. Couldn't get it out of my head. And I said, it's Sunday. 
So I might as well start the podcast off with some gospel, try to get you guys on the right track for the week. With that being said, I have an announcement to make. So I got a job this week. Well, I guess let me correct it. I, I got a job offer. I didn't start the job, but I got the offer, which means I'm I'm pretty much in there. I just got to do uh, the drug tests and fingerprints. So, and then a whole bunch of paperwork to fill out. A ton of paperwork, which I filled most of it out. Shout out to Mark. I went to his house Friday. He helped me fill it out, uh, printed out whatever we couldn't fill out. Showed me how to transfer uh, stuff to PDF with your phone. It's one of those new things I didn't know. You could just take a picture with your phone of a document and it'll scan as a PDF document. So that was pretty cool. Um, not ready to reveal the job yet, the title, the the company. It's, it is full-time though. So I'll say that it's a full-time job, uh, benefits, you know, all that, which is the security you need in this, this time of day, this time and age. So I'm happy with that part. Uh, it's a bit of a commute, though. I will have to drive probably an hour each way. But I've been, as, as you guys know, I've been sitting at home for the last five months doing nothing. Well, this podcast is one of the things I've been doing. But mo- other than that, nothing. I watched a lot of TV. Shout out to Wendy Williams. She's on uh, break right now, so I couldn't even watch that. But, yeah, I've been laying low uh I guess you could say I'm well rested, very well rested. I haven't worked since December 31st. So I was pretty much ready for whatever, whatever the, the, the challenge was, whatever life threw at me. This was a great offer. It was, it was a chance for me to get back on my feet and get, get back to saving money and doing things that I like to do. Uh, like I told you guys with this pandemic going on right now, it's just, it's taught me a lot about, about saving and what's most important. Like I don't really need the materialistic stuff. I don't need to go to these restaurants all the time and spend $30 on a meal or $30 at the bar. So I'm really about to stack this year. I'm about to, as the, as they would say, the, I don't know if this is the woke people or, or uh, rock nation brunch Twitter or whoever says it, but I'm about to stay low and build, man. I'm about to get my, get on my grind and I'm about to just focus. So you probably won't see me out too much going forward. Um, if you do see me out, it's probably either a, a, a family event or something what a friend has invited me to, like one of those friend events, uh, birthday parties, graduation parties. I know I got a few of those coming up in the coming months, which now that I have a job, I don't even know if I'll be able to go to. So that's another thing. I'm probably going to miss a lot of stuff going forward because my new focus is going to be just working and everything else will be secondary. Uh, I'm going to try to, you know, fit everybody in where, when I can. But if I, if I miss some, miss a few people from mission, missing in action for a little bit, don't take it personal. Uh, your boy is just focused, man. It's a new mindset, new mind state. Um, yeah, just trying to finish out this year strong because it's been a rough year for everybody. Uh, we've been throwing a lot at us, and we're dodging, ducking and dodging. But we got to get back on our feet, man, and uh, life goes on. And your bills don't. Your bills don't stop coming. So 
everybody just needs to be aware of that. And I did see something on Facebook, too, recently where people were talking about you're not being a good friend if you don't check in on people uh, during the pandemic. And I'm like, bro, we all got stuff going on. So just just be aware of that when you maybe get mad at friends for not reaching out or uh, returning your texts in a, in a timely manner. Um, just, just be mindful of that. I, I need to do the same because I, I text Dominique, my homegirl Dominique. I've texted her like three times already, and she still hasn't returned any of my texts. And shout out to Dominique, though. I'm supposed to have her on the podcast. That's that's the reason that I've been kind of delayed getting this up. But I am you. I'm doing a Sunday episode today, so you guys cannot get on me about that. I know I, it's kind of a running joke where I say uh, I record on Sundays, and this is probably the first time I've recorded on a Sunday. In the last uh, month, maybe. Yeah, I think everything else has been during the week. Probably got a Monday or two in there, but shout out to my homegirl, Dominique. I'm trying to get her on. Man, we were supposed to do it. First of all, let me just tell you all the story of last week. So I was talking to Dominique on the phone last, I think, Wednesday. And we were talking about some good topics. Like I have this thing called the 24-hour rule. And we were we were doing a deep dive into that. And it was so good. I was like, hey, let me get this on tape. So let let me call you back in 30 minutes and we're going to record this on the podcast. And she was like, OK. So I go in the studio. I'm getting everything ready. And then I start the podcast. I do my intro music and everything. I might still keep that part, but I did everything. I started up and I'm like, all right, I'm calling Dominique. And I start calling. Surprise, surprise. She doesn't answer. So. I'm like, okay, what the heck is going on? So I'm just thinking, all right, she'll call back. So I think I paused it for a while or I just talked. And then she never called back. So then I had to think of uh, plan B. I'm like, what is plan B? For me, plan B was calling my friend Elvis, which probably should have been plan E. You know, you got A, B, C, D, and, and E is like the last one. No, no pun intended, but Elvis should have been plan E. And, man, I, I called Elvis. We had a whole conversation. I was trying to explain to him the 24-hour rule, which I'm not even going to get into it now because I'm still waiting to have that conversation with Dominique. But I tried to explain to Elvis what the 24-hour rule was, and he didn't quite get it. But if you anybody who knows Elvis, he used to be on the podcast with me and Domain, and um, he kind of will go into his own – Thing and start talking about his own stuff so he just started ranting and raving about different things and talking about his love life and different women he's dealing with and I'm not gonna lie it was really bad it was a really bad um interview I told him I'm gonna probably try to edit it and make it sound okay like because Elvis when he talks on the phone he has a lot of pauses so you'll he'll say something and he'll pause for like five seconds, 10 seconds before he says the next thing. So when like in podcast and in like radio, you don't really want to have too many pauses. You kind of want it to flow. So sometimes when I do phone conversations with my friends, if it doesn't flow, I'll have to go back in and I have to edit and cut a lot of that dead air out. So it can sound like, you know, they're talking continuously. Um, when I do it by myself, I don't really edit anything because I kind of know to keep going, keep going. I'm always trying to, you know, have something to say. But Elvis wasn't like that. He doesn't really understand the concept. So he left so much dead air and all this space. And then there was a lot of stuff that 
he said that he's like, oh, don't don't keep that in, edit that out. So I'm going to probably have to go back and listen to everything, uh, see if I can salvage any of it. And if I can, I will try to give you guys that episode. That was supposed to be the episode to make up for Dominique not answering her phone, which I finally got in touch with Dominique, I think, later that day or the next day. And then she told me she ended up falling asleep after we talked. So I'm like, dang. But then we talked about more stuff. So we, I started adding more topics to the stuff I want to talk to her about. And I said, all right, get ready. We'll do this again because I want to talk to her about the 24-hour rule. I wanted to talk to her about um, Ahmaud Arbery because there was some new stuff with that. And then Centoya Brown because of the last episode of Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence, my cousin Jarrell talked about that documentary. And I went and watched it on Netflix and I had a lot to say. So I want to talk about all that with Dominique, and then we probably will throw some other stuff in there. So if she ever calls me back or if she's ever available, we can we can get that episode out. But I didn't want to I didn't want to wait because Dominique is a busy person. She works. She has a boyfriend, a new relationship. So if I waited, who knows? It might have been till July. So I was like, you know what? I got to get me a solo episode in again. So that's why I'm here tonight. I was determined to do something before I go to bed, no matter how tired I am or whatever. I'm going to give you guys something. This is probably going to be a lot of uh, random type of topics. Not really random, but a lot of the stuff that I really wanted um, planning on talking about, I'm going to save. So this is a few things we're going to talk about that are going on this week. And I'm going to try to keep this episode short. So we'll see. I do want to start this out by saying rest in peace to um, Hannah Kimura and Shad Gaspard, uh, two wrestlers. Shad Gaspard was from WWE. He was a part of a tag team called Crime Time. And it's just a tragic story, very sad. He was at the beach with his wife and his son last week. And they were in the water. Him and his son were in the water. The, the waves were pretty high. And everybody, I think we've all probably been in a situation like this where you've been at the beach and you go out in the water and maybe the water's up to your waist. Then a couple big waves will hit and next thing you know, the water's up to your neck. And it's like, whoa, how did I get out here this far? Because you didn't swim out there. So when those waves hit, it pushes you back. It pulls you back after the wave hits. So I think that's what happened there. And then they ended up being really far out in the water and the lifeguard had to come out there and save uh, them. And it was, it was him, his son, and a, other, a group of people. I didn't get the exact numbers. I don't know if they ever said how many total was out there, but they said a group. So when they went out there to save him, he told the lifeguard to save his son first. And in the process of getting the son, I guess another wave had came, and this one took him under. And I don't know if anybody has ever had experiences like that, I know I've, I had one wave that hit me back when I was like 18, maybe 18, 19, uh, maybe like 19, 20, this wave hit me. And I just remember, I, I, I promise you, I swear it felt like I got a concussion. And that's like the only time in my life I ever felt like I had a concussion where a wave hit me so hard that I fell down and then I got up and I couldn't really figure out what was going on. Like I was very, uh, incoherent i don't i don't really know what the exact term is for it but i didn't really i wasn't all there for a little bit and those waves if they really you know sometimes those waves hit you like that they can 
they can either knock you out or they could take you under. It's just very powerful, man. That ocean is a very powerful thing. So this wave took him under, and I guess they made the attempts to try to save him, and they couldn't. They couldn't find him because the ocean's huge, man. So once you're in the ocean, bro, it's 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 very hard to find somebody. While it like I guess once it happens, now you can get the divers and stuff, and you have a better chance. But by the time they were able to get the right resources out there, they could not find him. And I think it was it was probably. I don't know. I don't want to say it was too late, but they didn't. The chances were slim by the time because I think, you know, time had elapsed before they could get everybody, the the police and the rescue people out there. There was only the lifeguard in the beginning. So uh, they from what the story is so heartbreaking, man, from what I read, uh, the mother and the son stayed at the beach like overnight and they were just, you know, praying and hoping that he would be found alive, of course. And as the days went by, you know, it just, it didn't look good. And we were all holding out hope, but you, you, you had to brace yourself for the worst. And I believe it was Wednesday. It happened last Sunday. And I believe it was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, when they actually found the body. I think his body had washed up on shore and that's how they were able to discover him. And man, it's heartbreaking. Um, I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan. I was not watching wrestling during the crime time era that's the tag team he was in i took some time off from wrestling in between like college and probably until my late 20s early 30s so i missed a lot and i definitely missed his era but i knew of crime time from when i came back and started listening to podcasts and stuff i'd heard about them i didn't know much about shag gaspard but as it is when people pass away you you start hearing all these stories and you learn a little bit more about them and before i put this podcast on tonight to record i was listening to the cheap heat podcast and they had uh david otunga on there aka punk from i love new york and he he had some great stories to share about shad gaspard and kind of gave you a sense of who he was as a person i don't want to give any of it away so if you guys want to know more about that i would um encourage everybody to go listen to the cheap heat podcast uh you can find it on apple you can find it on Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, any of that. So check that out, man. And prayers to the to the whole Gaspard family. Uh, rest in peace to Shad Gaspard. I'm praying for the whole family. His son. I was going through his Instagram last night, um, and it was just it was tough, man, because you see the relationship he had with his son and how much he really loved his son. I mean, he loved his wife too, but he had a special bond with his son, man, and it was all over his Instagram. And it's tough. It's tough to see stuff like that when a, when a child loses their father at an early age. I'm blessed to still have both of my parents in my life. Um, I know a lot of other people who are in those same situations, but then there's other people who have lost a parent, maybe both parents. So it's it's hard, man, especially as a kid when you're still learning the ropes and learning about life. You need some, that guidance there, and not having that man in your life, that father in your life, can make a big difference. So just praying that he he has a strong support system around him and that they can get through this. Um, also, there was uh, Hannah Kimura, who I mentioned too. Rest in peace to her. She passed away on, I believe, Saturdays when the news broke on that. Uh, indie wrestler from Japan. I did not know anything about her before this. So once this happened, of course, I learned more about her. She was on a... She was on a reality show, a Japanese reality show called Terrace House. 
and I believe it was shot in Tokyo. And basically it's like their version of the real world, their version of big brother and all those shows where, you know, you put six people in a house together and you just want drama to happen. Not me, but the people who make these shows. And apparently there was a lot of drama with her on the show. Well, where, you know, she got into a fight with one of the roommates for cutting up one of her costumes and she got a lot of hate online, man. A lot of bullying, cyber bullying. And it just got to be too much for her. And she ended up taking her own life. Or the reports are that she took her own life. I don't think it's been confirmed yet. But there's been a lot of talk about cyber bullying and the effects it had on her. So I believe that's what they are saying happened. Uh, another sad story, another sad situation. And she was only 22 years old. I think that's what's really sad about that. Uh, Shad Gaspard, he was 39 when he died, and she was 22. So we lost two wrestlers pretty young, man, and one super young. 22, you're just really figuring out your life. You're just getting started. Um, It just was a wake-up call, too, I think, on the Internet. A lot of people talking about bullying and the effects it has on people. And I think when people are doing the bullying, especially online, you don't realize how much that stuff hurts people. I, I'm not going to lie. Back in high school and middle school, I remember we used to make fun of people all the time. I've been made fun of. We made fun of others. And now that I look back on it, I'm like so mad at myself and so embarrassed about how I did, how I acted and how I handled myself at that age. And I always wish I could go back and kind of set, set the, the, the trend for other people and let them know that, hey, we, we don't have to act like that. You can be nice to people. You don't have to make fun of people because, you know, back in school days, that's like the big thing to do is crack on people for how they look or how they dress. And who knows how these people are reacting when they go home, when they're all by themselves. So I think this is a wake-up call. Hopefully, if, it, if it, all the other stuff wasn't a wake-up call, I hope this is. I hope people can learn from it. Um, and it, it kind of reminded me of some stuff that um, I dealt with last week. Not in the same vein, but I had like, it was a weird week, man. I had like three arguments with three different people. Uh, two of them actual friends and one was just an associate. And we had some disagreements, some arguments. To me, it was petty stuff, but they they took it uh, pretty seriously. And I can't tell somebody how to take something, but we had some really bad. I had some bad arguments with people last week. And it was getting to the point where, you know, that I'm getting yelled at about some stuff that, man, this is not worth what you're doing, like, while I'm getting yelled at. So to me, I was feeling very drained just going back and forth with a lot of it. And I had to tell myself, man, you know, shout out to D Ham too, because he told me this on one of the situations. But the other two, I just had to remove myself because it was like, if you stay there and just let people keep yelling at you and going off on you, you know, who knows what kind of damage that could do to your psyche. So for my own mental health and for me to, you know, be sane, I had to walk away from from two of the situations. Uh, the third one, I just blocked her because I'm like, I don't really even know you like that. And you're not going to just go off on Facebook and tag me and stuff. So I had to, I had to block the third one. But the other two, I kind of just gracefully bowed out of the conversation where I was like, hey, 
you know, I'm sorry if you feel this way, but I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you. And I think that's something that everybody needs to learn to do when you're dealing with stressful moments, even if whether it's online, whether it's with your friends, whether it's with your family, if somebody's going back and forth with you, with you and you feel like it's, it's taking a toll on you and it's straining and it's stressful, don't be afraid to walk away from the conversation, man. Like you don't always have to get the last word in. And even if you want to get the last word in, get the last word in and then exit. So you don't even know if they responded or not. Just, just walk away. Um, easier said than done. I understand, but I just speaking for me and it, I just thought about that when I thought about what, uh, Hannah, Hannah went through, uh, with all the online bullying, man, because I, I know people say, you know, you can just log off of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all this, but some people can't, man. Some people, it's not that easy for them to log off. So I'm understanding of that. But for those who are, you know, listening to this right now, and maybe this, this will resonate with you and maybe this will help. Don't be afraid to just walk away. Don't be afraid to, to tell them, Hey, I gotta, I gotta exit this conversation, man. Cause my, my well-being is more important than this argument. You know, some of these arguments are so petty when you really think about it. So that was that was what I took away from it. Um, rest in peace, though, again, to Hannah Kimura. You, man, she definitely didn't, it didn't have to end like that. I wish she would have had somebody to talk to. I read the article about it. They had, like, her final tweets and stuff, and it was a lot of dark, dark stuff on there, man. So hard to hard to read. And just hard to see that she was suffering like that towards the end of everything. And like I said, if, if somebody can learn from that, that'd be, that'd be great, man. Cause we don't need to lose any more people, especially the way this year is going. This is a wild year already, man. And I've, I've been saying this since probably since the Kobe Bryant, uh, helicopter crash, even probably that. And then once the Corona or right before the Corona, I just said, man, it it just feels like this is going to be one of those years. Like this is going to be a really rough year for us. So I'm trying to gear up for that too. And just get myself mentally ready for this whole year because it doesn't seem like it's getting better. Even though if you listen to my intro song, uh, you know, that was telling, you know, let Jesus lead you. So stay strong in your faith, uh, rely on God if you have to. And if you don't uh, believe in God, I guess like Lupe said, if you don't believe in God, at least believe in odds. Uh, no, but for real, everybody should everybody should have some type of connection, man, some type of spiritual connection. I know some of y'all don't like to acknowledge God. I know some of you guys say higher power, but as long as you got somebody you could talk to and some something that you can rely on, have some faith in, I think that's the most important thing is faith. I always wonder, like, people who don't believe in God, I always wonder what they do when tragedy strikes, when they lose somebody, like what do they rely on? How do they get through it? Uh, so for me, my faith, my faith is really important because that gets me through a lot of the dark times, a lot of the sad times, just knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel and that your life can change. I think that's the one thing that people don't realize, man. You might be feeling down and out one day, but you just got to realize your life can change tomorrow. Bro, you can be poor tomorrow you could be poor today you can hit the lotto tomorrow you can you can get a job tomorrow you can find your woman of your dreams tomorrow so 
it's just so many different things that can happen. And if you have that outlook on life, I think that'll give you something to always look forward to. And that'll help you stay positive throughout the bad times, man. So I just want everybody to think about that. All right. Uh, and other news, this is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow's Memorial Day, the actual holiday. Um, uh, we're going to remember all of the fallen soldiers and everybody who fought in the wars for us. So just want y'all to take a moment and do that tomorrow. And if you know anybody who's served, you know, reach out to them, tell them how much you appreciate them. I'm always a little weird or iffy about the thank you for your service. I've, I've seen it go both ways where some people like hearing thank you for your service. I think the older people, the ones who have the hats on, when you're in like the restaurant, the Vietnam veterans and all that, or the World War II, the people who have those hats that are letting you know they was in the war, yo, they definitely want to be thanked for the service. So th thank them. But a lot of these younger people, a lot of them don't really want to be thanked. And I've, I've read an article on it. I forgot where it was. I think it was on like Yahoo years ago where they were basically saying, no, don't thank me for my service because you don't know what I go through. Like it's really bad out here. We're coming home with PTSD. We're really messed up. And it doesn't do anything for us when you just say thank you for your service. So I don't know. I don't know if you should reach out to individuals. I guess know who you're who you're talking to first. Like I said, the older people usually are more receptive to. It. I think everybody's gonna say thank you if you say it, but I don't know if they really want to hear it. So that's all I'm saying. Be thoughtful. Be caring. Uh, just take everybody's opinions, everybody's thoughts into mind before you say anything tomorrow. I already know y'all going to be out there barbecuing because that's pretty much how these holidays go now. That's I think that's the main reason why September 11th will never be a holiday. Like, it's a holiday. We observe it, but we'll never get that day off because they already know if, if they do that, y'all just going to be out here barbecuing. Y'all going to be acting like y'all was in Daytona this week, this weekend. I don't know if you guys saw it on the news. Everybody in Florida has seen it. But Daytona Beach, Florida looked like BCR. For those of you who are not aware of what BCR is, back in the, the 90s, early 2000s maybe, there was this thing called Black College Reunion. And all of the, the students from the black colleges would come down to Daytona. I, I think it was in, around spring break. I'm not sure if it was spring break or the summer, but of course I was too young back then to even go. But they used to come to Daytona. They took over the whole city, and it was like the place to be if you were black. And this was in the 90s. This is when Daytona was like the number one vacation spot. Um, they changed a lot of the laws there to make it more family friendly. But I'll tell you what, them laws ain't worked this week. Because the, the black folks was out there, bro. On Facebook, it was so many people at the beach. Like, not social distancing, none of that. Everybody's just standing body to body. Probably all, you could smell the, the people who, who must be out there and everybody's sweating on each other and all of that stuff is in the air that, that the CDC warns about. So probably not a good look to be in Daytona this weekend. I'm glad I wasn't there. I told y'all, man, I'm pretty much over the going out and being around a lot of these large crowds. I don't, I don't need it. I don't need to be around a whole bunch of people that I don't know. I'll watch from a distance. I'll go to the small functions, but going out to the big stuff, I think I'm done with it for the year, maybe even longer. Um, I'm not saying don't go to the beach. Of course not. Like, we live in Florida. The beach is one of the few things that 
we have that other places don't because, you know, Florida gets a bad rep. I already said Daytona might be donkey of the day tomorrow. I think we're all waiting to see who Charlemagne picks. It's between Daytona and Joe Biden. I want to talk about Biden, but I think I'm going to wait for Dominique for that one. So it'd be interesting to see, but Daytona was looking like a movie, bro. It looked insane. And then last week we had DeLand, which is like this small little city in Florida, in the same county as Daytona. They're both in Volusia County. And it was like 3,000 people at a park in DeLand. Like, it was insane. They had the helicopter over. You could see the, the cars wrapped around the whole block, like a whole a whole square. The cars were all around. It was a big block, too, bro. And it looked about, like they said it was 3,000. It looked like 3,000. So we had that last week. Then we had this Daytona thing this week where it looked like probably 3,000 more people out there in the little area. Um, they were shutting down the streets. Apparently there was a car driving by and they stopped and they started throwing money out. I kind of, I saw that one on the, on the news and everybody gathered around this car and just traffic was stopped on the A1A out there. So I can imagine it had to be uh, annoying to be in Daytona this weekend driving. They said the local residents were fearing for their lives. They were just scared because of so many people, probably a lot of black people why they were you know, scared, but it, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. We got coronavirus still going on. It seems like everybody's forgotten about the coronavirus. It seems like everybody's back to their regular lives. All over, like, Twitter and Facebook this this weekend, it looked like everybody was having some type of function. Pool parties. I know there was some place in Missouri. I think it was called Ozark. I don't even know what Ozark is, but they had a big thing going on in Missouri where there was thousands of people at some some river, some lake. I don't know what the heck it was. But it looked like it was popping. Another spot that I wouldn't have been at, though. But, yeah, man, it was not a good look. I think this is it, though. I think I think Memorial Day pretty much opened the, the floodgates. I think everybody's back out now. This is going to continue into the summer. All that social distancing, self-quarantining, staying home, I believe all that's over. So you guys get used to this. Pretty, It pretty much means we're back open. Uh, Donald Trump has already opened the churches back up. The beaches are open. They claim in places they're only 50% open, but they looking like 100% to me. So everything's back on and popping. Y'all stay safe if you go out. Um, I'm not going to say wear the mask because I don't even know how much the mask matters anymore when you're around that many people, like just packed up on each other. But, yeah, I saw some people wearing masks um, when I've been going out. So maybe the mask is still a thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. Daytona, though, y'all got to do better. Y'all look like Miami, bro. Y'all look like South Beach, which anybody who knows, Memorial Day weekend in Miami used to be the black thing. Like, that. that's where we all would go and meet on Memorial Day weekend. That, that was kind of like the spot. There's always, like, a central spot where all the black people will go for these these holidays, especially Memorial Day. I remember me and Antonio drove to Miami for Memorial Weekend Back in 2007, man, we just wanted to experience it. And it was it was wild. It was pretty dope. As a kid, I loved it. Now me, as a 36-year-old man, I'm not going. I'm not. You, you couldn't get me out there now. But as a kid, it was cool to experience. But that's the thing. I experienced it. I got it out of my system. I'm done. So y'all can have all this, bro. I'll let y'all have it. I'm chilling. Other than that, uh, there's a there was a big announcement this weekend on the nba possibly 
possibly coming to Disney, which I guess is a good thing for the. Actually, I don't think it's a good thing for our economy because I don't know who, who's getting money out of that besides Disney. But apparently, they want to restart the NBA season in July, and I think July fifteenth is like the target date. They're about to open all the facilities back up in June, early June, so all these teams can start training again. Because these players are probably out of shape. They're definitely out of basketball shape. So they got to get back in shape, uh, not only physically, but also basketball-wise. They got to get in basketball shape, and you got to get in physical shape. So they're going to give them about a month and a half to do that. Then they're trying to start this season back up in July at Disney Wide World of Sports. And I guess the reason they're picking Disney is because Disney has a whole bunch of hotels, which anybody who's been there knows, like, they got Disney's its own city. They have a whole bunch of hotels where you can just put all these teams up and they don't have to interact with us uh, regular people. They can kind of be isolated. So it seems like that's why they picked Disney. I know Las Vegas was also an option, but if you think about it, would you rather be in Vegas or Disney if you're the NBA? I'm sure the players would rather be in Vegas, but the NBA, I think Disney, I think Disney's the right choice. I think you put them in Disney, you can get them away from everything. They're not really around people. It's just them and the hotel staff. They probably going to get the whole hotel to themselves. And Disney got some massive hotels. They might even give them the little boardwalk job, bro. It's like apartment style. Like, they going to get one of them nice ones, maybe even two of them. I wonder if they going to get the hotel that the monorail goes through. That's like my favorite one. Just because the monorail goes through and I love trains. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't really like the idea of restarting the season and playing at Disney. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, no fans. And I've been saying this. I'm going to keep beating this drum. I'm not excited to watch basketball with no fans. I don't think it's going to be fun to watch. I don't think it's interesting. I believe it's going to be just like WWE SmackDown, which is terrible. I can't watch that with fans. AEW is a little bit better because they got – a few a few people acting as fans there, but it's tough, man. It's tough without the crowd, the environment, the noises. That all makes for a good game. And it's just going to seem like we're watching practice, which people have said it's like the Summer League. And I guess the best thing you could compare it to is the Orlando Summer League because they played at, at the Magic Practice Gym, which doesn't have really seats for any fans. But there's still people there. You still hear a little bit of noise. I don't know how this is going to sound with just the announcers, the cameramen, and the coaches, and the players. I think you're going to have to bleep out a lot because there's going to be so much cursing, so much trash talk. And I think another issue that people aren't really thinking about, but I think about it because I'm very into, like, the economic part of things. They are going to be having these games at one arena, and they're not going to have any fans but it's not their home arena also. So I think the problem with that is they're having these games and you're not getting any ticket sales. You're not getting any concession sales uh, parking. So these teams, to me, are going to lose a lot of money on a game-by-game basis. And nobody's really talking about that fact. And I'm kind of interested to see how that part plays out. Like, how do these players still get their regular salaries when nobody's bringing in extra money? All I mean, the TV deal, I guess, is, is going to give them money still, but I wonder what the ratings are going to be. I guess, I mean, the TV money's already there. It's already paid for, but I can't see the ratings being as good as they normally are. 
We definitely don't lose money with, without the fans. Um, no, no concessions. There's just so much money going to be lost, and then they're playing in these small gyms. So, yeah, I see how it's good just to get sports back on, but from an economic standpoint, I don't see how this benefits the NBA. And I believe we will see the effect it has on the NBA next season because they're talking about the salary cap is going to go down heavily. So if the salary cap goes down, man, I don't know how this affects contracts. I'm just, I'm interested to see how this all affects everything going forward, man. But like I said, I don't believe it's a good idea. I'm not a fan of this. Uh, I know everybody's talking about bring sports back, bring sports back, bro. I'm on record as saying I'm probably not watching sports without fans. I might peek in the first week to see how it looks, but I already know me. I'm going to look in there and see that empty gym with no noise and just sneakers squeaking up and down the court. And I'm going to say, uh-uh, not doing this. I'll come back when the fans come back. So I'm preparing myself not to watch sports probably for the rest of this year. If I do watch, I do, but I'm not excited. I've, all this has shown me is that I don't really need sports. I still read about the news of it and stuff, and I'm interested about it, but I don't I don't need sports as much as I thought I did. I don't. Like, we can go the rest of this year without sports. I'm going to be perfectly fine. I know some of y'all ain't because sports is your whole life, but even with my podcast, like, I don't really talk about sports on here that much. I kind of just keep it. Simple, I talk about, I try to talk about a lot of stuff that other people can listen to and understand and get into topics that affect everybody. And I honestly get bored talking about sports. But I did want to talk about uh, the NBA going to Disney. I did think that was an interesting thing. I'm sure we'll hear more in the coming weeks. Right now, it looks like it's going to happen now. So more people coming to Orlando. Um, who knows? Who knows how that's going to affect our city? We saw how Daytona was looking this past week. Let's see how Orlando's looking when all these NBA teams get here, Roy. Woo. So sorry for y'all that got to deal with I-4, too, because I know that's going to be a mess. And then the, I'm hearing that the, the players might be allowed to leave the hotels, too. So they're not even going to stay there the whole time. I guess it's kind of up to them if they want to leave or not. They're, they're probably going to try to get them to stay, like the, the captains of the teams. But who knows how long that's going to last. I doubt that lasts. I think these players are going to get out on their own, be exploring the cities. And I think the one interesting thing that nobody really talks about, what if we're in the playoffs and somebody like LeBron James gets coronavirus? What happens then? Does he have to sit out two weeks of the playoffs and the Lakers are pretty much done? Does anybody think about this stuff? I think they're – I'm sure the NBA has, but – Man, it's just going to mess up the whole flow of things when if somebody gets sick and they have to miss time. How does that affect the gambling in Vegas? Like, there's so many components, man. I'm into all this extra stuff. So I, I want to know. I want to know what they're going to do about players being sick. Uh, what if the uh, an, what if what if the team, uh, the ball boy or one of these phys- team attendants gets sick? Does that mean the other players can't play for a while because they were around him? Bro, there's just so much to think about. I don't, man, I don't know where we're going with this. Hopefully the NBA can make it work, though. That's all I'm going to say. I hope they can make it work because some of y'all need it. 
like I said, I don't need it. I don't really care. If it comes back, it comes back. If it doesn't, I catch it next year. But it's not a big deal to me. Not a big deal to me. Looks like a big deal to everybody else. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Before I close this out, I do want to tell another quick story. So last week on Thursday, I was going to take the trash out. And as I'm taking the trash out, it's like 12 o'clock at night. I always wait till like super late to take the trash out. I don't know why. So I go in my garage. I open the garage door. I start wheeling the cans out. As I'm walking back into my garage, I see the biggest spider I have ever seen in my life. Well, I feel like it. Maybe I was like half sleep too. Maybe he wasn't as big as I thought. But I think this spider was huge. It looked like the size of my hand. Give or take. Give or take a few inches. Pause. This spider was massive. So I see this spider crawling on the wall in my garage. Now, it's funny, though, because most of the time when I see spiders, they kind of just hanging, hanging from their little webs, and they just chilling. They not moving. They just chilling. So I normally I just come with the vacuum and just get the hose and just suck them up. Like, boom, get out of here. Pause. So I see this spider, and he's like a big black spider. It's not a tarantula because I looked that up. It didn't look hairy. He's like some big black spider. I don't know what the heck he was. But it was huge. And I was shook. So I'm looking at him. And he just keeps moving. He's going. I don't even know where he came from. I think he came from the attic. But he's crawling along the wall looking like, oh, I know. He looked like he seen me. And he knew what I was going to do to him. Because I don't play around. Like, I'll probably spray you with something. And then I'm coming right with the vacuum hose after that. And I'm getting you in the vacuum hose. And boom, you're done. But I was so shook, I didn't even have time to game plan. I just looked. I'm like, what the hell is going on? This big spider. So he went, and I couldn't tell where he went. I think he hid behind something. But there was this little hole. And he might have went in that hole. And I'm like, how did that big spider get in that hole? So after that, I was so shook. Um, did I go back in? No, I think I went in the house. Yeah, I went back in the door the garage door and I was like all right I ain't coming back out this door so I went in locked it whatever I was done for the night the morning I had to go out I went through out the front of my house all the way around to the garage opened it manually with the little code because I was like what if he's still there waiting for me to come out this door so I came around the other way and I had my can of uh raid this time I'm like all right I'm ready if I see him he's getting sprayed because I don't even know if the raid would have killed this spider he was so big but I do think it would at least uh, wobbled him for a little bit. Like, you know, when a, when a boxer punches somebody and they're wobbly, I think this can of Ray would have wobbled him for a, a little, not the song, not the dance, but he would have been a little wobbly. And that would have given me time to come up with the vacuum. Probably the, I would have went shop vac because I was in the garage. So I have a shop vac too that you use to vacuum your car. It's a little more powerful than the regular vac. So I think I would have went shop vac and just got him in there and dealt with him. But I didn't see him again. And I've not seen him since that Thursday night. So now I'm like kind of shook walking around my own house. I don't know why this spider has so much control over me. But I'm looking everywhere now. Looking around. Hoping that I don't see him. Uh, just nervous man. Because the way these spiders are. They just pop up too. Like you don't really know where they are. But I will tell you one precaution that I do take. And I would recommend everybody to do this. So if you're listening. Go to, go to Home Depot. Or Lowe's. And they got this thing called ortho home defense. It's this big, gigantic, 
jug with a wand, one of those electric wands, and it's called Ortho Home Defense. And you can spray, like, the baseboards of your house. So you can spray all around the floor and the baseboards. So where bugs come in, they usually come in through there. They come down the baseboard and hit the floor. So if you spray that with this Ortho Home Defense, it will kill anything that that touches it for the next six months. So, like, what I do at my house is I spray all of my baseboards with the Ortho uh, Home Defense. And if I ever see, like, bugs in here, like roaches or, or spiders, they're usually dead because they've touched that. Mind you now, after you spray this Ortho Home Defense, uh, you let it dry. And then once it dries, it doesn't really have a smell to it. Like, maybe it does. And I just don't notice it. But it doesn't smell like Raid or anything. But once it dries, you can go and mop over it. You can clean your floor how you want to. And, it, and somehow it still stays, like, that smell or whatever, the chemicals. So if you guys are like super woke or like anti-vax and you believe in all that, you probably don't want to use this. But if you're like me and you're trying to kill these bugs by any means necessary, this is what you need. So like I said, you spray it, you let it dry. Then you can clean over it. You can mop your floors regularly and it'll still kill them. So what I do is, you know, I spray my house. So I'm thinking if the spider gets in here and he touches the baseboard, That'll probably kill him. So as long as I don't see him, because sometimes I don't see when they come in and I'm just walking around my house. I'll just magically see one dead. I'm like, what the hell? And I have seen the big one before that was dead. So I know it does kill the big ones. I don't. But this one looked huge. Like I said, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe he's, he's as big as spiders I've seen in the past. But this spider was freaking massive, man. So. I recommend everybody who's like me and scared of bugs and spiders and roaches and you don't want them popping up on you. And yeah, I know people are gonna be like, oh, you shouldn't have roaches. In Man, we live in Florida, okay? We got every type of bug that you can think of and they will all find a way in your house. I don't care how clean your house is. You will get some type of bug in your house in Florida at some point because they just can get in all these little cracks. Like I told you, there was a little hole in my garage and somehow that spider got through that hole. I believe he got through that hole. So he's somewhere inside my walls. I don't know, man. I'm shook, scared. So spray with the ortho. And hopefully, you know, when they come in, they're DOA, dead on arrival. So that's my, uh, that is my, my, not trick. That is, oh, I forgot the word. But you guys get the, <laughs> you, you get it. You get it. That, that is what I recommend. That's my recommendation to you all. You can also spray the ortho outside your house around like, the bottom of the foundation. So if they try to come in that way, which I, I probably need to do that too. But like I said, this spider was on the wall in my garage. Like he was above the door. So he wasn't even worried about an ortho, but I did go in the garage the next day and I sprayed that hole with the, with the ortho. Cause I was like, all right, just in case you in the hole, you try to come back out. We got to take you out, beloved. So I made sure to, to, to tighten that up. And hopefully I don't see him. Cause the way he popped up on me when I was just walking back to my garage, bro, it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Have you ever seen, like, a bug when you're just not expecting it and they just pop up on you? Like, I remember when I used to live in Philly, um, anybody who's lived in, like, a northern state, they got mice up there. Like, I'm sure we got them. We have them here, too, but they're just not prevalent like they are up there. Like, you don't see them regularly here, especially not in your house. Now, I'm sure people have had them in their houses before i've never had it in my house but 
I've seen a dead one in my backyard. So they are here. I don't know how it got there. Something dropped it off. But when I was in Philly, I've been playing video games in my room. And I remember t- there was times like I could hear the the mice running through the walls of the uh, the house I lived in. And then one time, like there was a furnace in my room too. And I remember playing Madden. And his mouse came in. And he just ran right past my feet and ran into the little furnace because I guess there was a hole he could go in. And he was out. And I was just like, is this what I got to look forward to the whole time I'm here? And I was shook, man. I, <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. I moved out that house after the first semester. I was in North Philly. I moved out that house. I was in South Philly the next semester, man. And in the house I moved into, they had a cat. And as everybody knows, cats kill mice. They love, like, just chasing them for fun and killing them. So we never even, I never even seen one when I moved into the second house. But that was just give you an idea of what I had to deal with in Philly. So, yeah, man, I feel like I got PTSD from all these, like, bugs and stuff and mice popping up on me back in the day and seeing that spider last week. Sometimes I'm sleeping at night and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm, like, thinking I seen something and I'm just kind of still halfway sleeping and dreaming. Oh, man, scary times. Very, very scary Living in Florida, man, you guys just don't realize all the stuff we got to deal with out here, all the bugs and creatures we see. Um, but it's a trade-off because, like I said, we don't really deal with mice down here. So would you rather see the roach and the big-ass spider or would you see, rather see the mouse? Or And snakes. We got snakes too, but they're usually outside. If a snake gets in your house, that's a problem. I've heard stories of them getting in people's houses, but um, if they get in your house... Yeah, that's that's the problem, man. Uh, I think that's all I have for y'all tonight. Like I said, I wanted to keep this episode short. I'm under an hour. This is probably the only the second time I've gone under an hour. I think the uh, the Tiger King we did like 45 minutes. So I just want to make sure I got on here and talked to you guys for a little bit today. I've been I've been uh, ignoring the podcast. I've been neglecting the podcast. Uh, trying to be consistent, like I told you. Sundays is the day I like to record. That's the day I prefer to record. So it just feels good to get in here on a Sunday and give y'all an episode. With the new job coming up, I don't know what my days of recording will be because my schedule is going to be all over the place. But hopefully I can settle into something consistent. I'm going to still shoot for the Sundays. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not going to say too much more, man. I'm going to get y'all out of here with some big crit. It's called Price of Fame. This is another uh, song that just deals with stuff you got to deal with in the real world, man, and letting you know what's going on in people's lives. So I think it's appropriate for some of the things we talked about today. I'm going to try to come back, like I said, with an episode with Dominique if she gets back to me. Um, I got a new nickname for her, too. I'm going to tell her that when I text her. But maybe I'll come back tomorrow. But hopefully this week at some point I can get Dominique on the phone and we can we can talk about a lot of stuff that we were discussing on the phone last week because I got some fun topics to talk about with her. But I'm going to leave y'all with some big crit. Price of fame. This is Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. Damn, no. And I will see y'all later. After my shows, asking me questions. God fed up with my soul, so ain't no blessings. 
Happiness can't be bought a soul, I learned my lesson. Now I see what fame will really get you. About about a nightstand, the ease of stress. Dealing with depression, pills on the dresser. Fiending for affection, so I'm buying out the section. Now I see what fame will really get you. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. The lifestyle left a lot of rich folk brainless to the temple. Yeah, we were broke, but that life was simple. Besides, food is food, water is water, air is air, the rest is mental. I did without until I did within. I said on beat what I wrote in pen. I gave my all without giving in. But it's a thin line between heavenly divine and living a life of sin. Speaking cold to my worthy friends, green room full. I pray we ain't let the devil in. A lot of faces I don't know. A lot of where you been, like you was really looking for me. When I was in the wind, life is just a game now. I really got my aim down to shoot for stars. I ain't been to church in years, and it ain't even far. This ain't even half of the battle, I ain't even star. All I do is record. I see what fame will really get you. Yeah. Now I see what fame really gets Paparazzi after my shows asking me questions God fed up with my soul so ain't no blessings Happiness can't be bought a soul, I learned my lesson Now I see what fame will really get you About about a nightstand, the ease of stress Dealing with depression, pills on the dresser Fiending for affection so I'm buying out the section Now I see what fame will really get you I bought a bottle just to soothe my soul Still crying over granite that was some years ago, I'm a man now I came up to hold my fam down Can't tell them about my depression cause most them fans now Gotta protect myself at all times I know some partners that's been sued by their bloodline Lord forbid I let my blood down The first time I say no, guess we ain't blood now Scared me as a businessman, it's like all they see Justin Scott trapped this big crit screaming it's really me When it was only us, it was only love, how could this be? They're falling out for some, is not getting the VIP And a simple conversation means we talking work To play a song that's almost perfect, but it need my verse You got an artist, but I'm family, but you need a purse You hit the city, but don't call me first That's what Paparazzi after my shows, asking me questions God fed up with my soul, so ain't no blessings Happiness can't be bought a soul, I learned my lesson Now I see what fame will really get you About about a nightstand, the ease of stress Dealing with depression, pills on the dresser, fiending for affection, so I'm buying out the sections. Now I see what fame will really get you. 